a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 5th of February. More than 80 homes have now been destroyed as a bushfire continues to burn out of control in Perth's northeast. The firefighters are continuing to battle the massive blaze that's being fanned by strong winds. WA Premier Mark McGowan has announced emergency funding for affected residents on top of the Commonwealth Government's Bushfire Relief Fund, including a $4,000 one-off payment for people who have lost their homes. I just want to say thank you to our firefighters out there for their incredible work. We're all thinking of you and those Western Australians who have lost everything because of the bushfire. It's absolutely heartbreaking and we're all here for you. We care about you and we are ready to help you through this. Still in WA and the state's hard lockdown will end for around 2 million residents at 6pm tonight if there are no new COVID cases in the community today. The southwest will go back to normal, but there will still be restrictions for some areas for another eight days, including compulsory face masks. WA Police Commissioner Chris Dawson says it has been a challenging week. We know it's been very inconvenient for many people, but the way the community has responded has been magnificent and it has helped us to get on top of this latest COVID-19 problem. To Victoria now, and we're waiting to see if there has been any community transmission of COVID after a hotel quarantine employee in Melbourne who was working with the Australian Open teams tested positive on Wednesday night. In some promising news, a number of close contacts of the infected worker have already returned negative results, but authorities are still waiting for wider test results today. Hundreds of players and officials from the Australian Open have been forced back into isolation after the latest COVID case, but it seems next week's competition will still go ahead. His Tennis Australia boss, Craig Tiley. The intention is to start this round open again on Monday, so there's no intention of changing the times for this round open. Australia's hotel quarantine system is set to be top of the agenda as National Cabinet meets today. It comes as calls grow for a national program, while the Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk wants to use regional mining camps. Epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely has told TEN more needs to be done to stop the spread of COVID in quarantine hotels with a number of residents and workers infected across Australia. If we can build more Howard Springs type facilities, we'll send more people there, but I doubt we'll get to the point where we can't also be using hotel CBD. So we still need to think about all the things we can do to improve the quality, and that includes looking at the ventilation systems, minimising people crossing paths. Meantime, the Prime Minister has announced Australia has secured another 10 million doses of the Pfizer jab, one of three COVID vaccines expected to be rolled out this year. The vaccine program is still on track to start at the end of this month. Health Department Secretary Professor Brendan Murphy says we are in a strong position. All of these three vaccines have now been shown to be highly effective at preventing clinical COVID disease and particularly severe COVID disease. That is a position that we wouldn't have dreamt of a year ago, six months ago. It is a very, very nice position to be in. 
Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Friday morning. And after months of debate in Victoria and a marathon sitting in state parliament, the Andrews government has outlawed gay conversion therapy. James Lake has the details from Melbourne. Thanks, Tash. Unfortunately, the changes have caused a lot of tension with legal, medical and religious groups all saying the laws would block them from being able to help people genuinely coming to them for support. Essentially, under the laws, anyone found trying to suppress or change another person's sexuality or gender identity can be jailed for 10 years or fined $10,000. One of the biggest concerns raised by lawyers is how the laws can even prevent parents or caregivers from having a conversation with their children about their gender identity or sexual orientation. And the Family Violence Protection Act is also being amended to make gay conversion actions a form of domestic violence. To New South Wales now, and a new international study has found that Sydney is the second healthiest city in the world, coming in just behind Amsterdam at number one. As Siobhan Caulfield reports from Sydney, sunshine and water quality are among the top reasons the city shines. Yeah, Tash, I'm really appreciating being a Sydney cider right now with how city ranked the second healthiest in the world. That's from a study of 44 global cities, researchers looking at what factors lead to a happy and healthy life. We've got a happiness score of 7.2 thanks to good working conditions, plenty of outdoor activities, water quality and even decent gym membership prices. We've got a high life expectancy of 82 years old and we get plenty of vitamin D with more than 2,500 hours of sunshine a year. And here's one more reason to brag. We also beat Melbourne, which came in at 11th place. We were pipped at the post by Dutch capital Amsterdam, which took the crown as the world's healthiest. It's one of the least polluted cities in Europe and also has over 400 outdoor activities available. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we are joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And Scott, good morning. Lower electricity prices are, of course, great for consumers, but not for two of Australia's largest energy players. Tash, good morning. That's right. Origin Energy and AGL both had terrible days on the ASX yesterday, both delivering losses. AGL writing down, get this, $2.7 billion worth of energy projects because the spot price of energy has actually halved over the last 12 months. Now, no one loves talking about the spot price of energy. The good news for consumers, of course, is that means we should pay less than we would have otherwise paid for electricity. But for those energy guys, it means a whole lot of projects they've put in place already simply aren't economic any longer. And that's cost them, as I said, AGL more than $2.7 billion. Origin also have delivering a loss yesterday. It's a, a tough time in energy retail. Not that they'll get much sympathy from most Australians. No. Scott, fund managers, this is very interesting, expect the RBA's low for a long time rates strategy to push not only house prices, some may say, through the room, but also <laughs> share prices. And for the same reasons, Tash, so let's not get into the stock market algebra in the morning, but the reality is that if rates stay low, that's the basis for all of the valuations for stocks right across the market. And the same with house prices. People say, hang on, if the, if the alternative is effectively zero, then I can afford to get a lower return on my share investments. And a lower return, actually, the inverse of that means higher share prices. You can pay more for shares if you don't need as much of a return. And with uh, the RBA saying, look, it could be this low till 2024 or 2025, if you can believe that, it's basically reason for people to look at their share portfolio and say, hey, hang on, I might as well pay more. Now, that means you're going to be paying up more if you're buying. If you already own them, good news for your share portfolio, at least in theory, and we'll see whether that comes to pass. And Scott, what's the latest with uh, what some are saying as the revenge of the nerds with all the games <laughs> on Wall Street? 
Is it over for GameStop? I see their shares have fallen further now, 80% down from their initial highs. Yeah, look, we're talking about 80s flashback revenge of the nerds, man, I just went to a very different place. In fact, it was, it's, it's amazing looking at it. And this is, we'll stop talking about GameStop at some point. And at that point, when we've kind of lost interest, the shares will probably continue to fall. They're almost up to 400 US dollars. In fact, some investor apparently paid $440 at one point during the, during the mania. The shares are now down to 60 US dollars. They've fallen more than 80% and probably going to keep going lower. For all of the talk at the time about what it was doing to Wall Street and everything else, the poor retail shareholders who jumped on the bandwagon at $200, $350, now looking at massive, massive losses on their investments. And unfortunately, I think there's only more pain to come for them. And you were talking earlier, Scott, about algebra. Google, thankfully, it looks like it's withdrawn its threat to leave Australia. Does that mean I can still Google my son's year six homework for algebra? Um, yeah, <laughs> thank goodness, Tasha. I mean, I, I'm sure Bing is fantastic. I'm sure DuckDuckGo is wonderful. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the old days with AskGs and AltaVista for those of us who are a little bit older. You probably don't remember those, but no, I do. Too young. It's one of, Exactly. But it's one of those things that, you know, Google was at one point saying, look, if you guys make us pay for content, and we're talking about here linking to things like um, media stories, then we're going to simply leave the country. We're going to turn off search and go away. And they didn't say as much, but implicit in the threat was, why would they provide other services to us if they were going to get rid of search, which is where they make all their money? At this stage, it looks like after a meeting with the PM, Scott Morrison, Sundar Pichai, the CEO, has now walked back a little bit from that threat. They're now hopefully working constructively with the government. And as you say, the year six algebra searching should be safe, at least for now. Thank goodness. Don't think the fight is over, though, with Google. Thanks so much, Scott. Thanks, Tash. Let's check sport now with Tony Squires. And, Tony, happy Friday. The Perth Scorchers are through to the Big Bash final. Yeah, they were far too good for the Brisbane Heat, Tash, in a rain-adjusted Challenger final. The Heat was set a target of 200 runs off 18 overs, but when openers Joe Denley and, crucially, Chris Lynn, were out on consecutive balls from Jason Berendorf. That mountain was just too big to climb. The Scorchers batted brilliantly, though, losing just the one wicket before the rain came. English opener Liam Livingston smashing 77. They'll now take on the Sydney Sixers at the SCG on Saturday night. It's the fourth time the two teams have played in the BBL final. Who's your tip for the final? Go the men in magenta. <laughs> Love a bit of magenta. Uh, yes. And some positive action out of Collingwood after that very damning racism report. And it's come from the players. Now, we all know the backlash over how the club reacted to that report into systemic racism. President Eddie Maguire originally called the report's release a proud day for the club. Well, good work from all 150 footy and netball players at the Magpies who released a letter apologising to anyone impacted by racism during their time at the club. They said that through their silence, they felt responsible for any injustices. As you say, Tasha, it's a really positive move. And it seems there's already been some tension at the Brisbane Broncos, Tony. I don't don't quite get this. I'm I'm a huge fan of Kevin Walters. He's one of the good guys in rugby league. But he's walked out, stormed out of a media conference when questions were asked about his Broncos players, including Payne Haas's court appearance, for abusive language and intimidating police. Now, Kevy said he was there to talk about the All-Stars Boxing Night, where rugby league players will punch each other rather than the constabulary or innocent members of the public. Right. Uh, and then he did a runner. He just said, no, I'm not answering any more questions. And the season hasn't even begun. It's brilliant. Wow. I can't wait for the next press conference then. <laughs> I know. He's got the coach whisper in his ear, obviously. So Love does anyone it. know what happened? I think it was because there was talk of, you know, where Andrew McCulloch was going to play. So 
he wasn't, you know, Kevy thought he was just going to talk about this, this boxing night and suddenly they were talking, you know, but he's just been appointed coach. These are the questions he's going to have to answer all year. Will it be an interesting season ahead? Tony, thanks so much. Pleasure, Taj. Checking the weather details around the country now this Friday morning as we head into the weekend. A severe weather warning is in place for Melbourne and many parts of Victoria with wind gusts of up to 90 k's and torrential rain of around 100 millimetres expected to fall. The wild weather is also expected to cause chaos in Queensland with big swells in the surf and dangerous conditions on the coast. Residents have been urged to stay out of the water from Fraser Island to the Gold Coast. Brisbane, partly cloudy today with a top of 30 degrees, mostly sunny for Sydney, 29. Melbourne, rain and storms expected with windy conditions and a top of 27. Canberra, showers 29 today. 29 degrees also expected this Friday for Hobart. Showers and windy conditions for Adelaide, 20 degrees, mostly sunny and 28 for Perth. Possible storm and showers and a top of 30 for Darwin. And as we know, not all heroes wear capes. And this week, we farewelled one of the greats. World War II veteran Captain Sir Tom Moore, who inspired not just the UK but the entire world, passed away on Wednesday from COVID-19. The 100-year-old helped raise almost $60 million for the British National Health Service during the pandemic last year after walking 100 laps around his garden in England. We've seen an outpouring of love this week for Captain Sir Tom, with the Queen and British Prime Minister leading the many tributes. Captain Sir Tom Moore was a hero in the truest sense of the word. He cheered us all up and he embodied the triumph of the human spirit. Captain Sir Tom was knighted by the Queen last year for his extraordinary fundraising efforts, calling it a magnificent day. A high award that she should get, and from Her Majesty as well. What more can anyone wish for than that? That has been an absolutely magnificent day for me. Thank you very much. Captain Sir Tom's life motto was, tomorrow will be a good day. A life lesson important for many of us. Always be optimistic, whatever you're talking about. Be optimistic because it's a good day. I mean, things will get better. Rest in peace, Captain Sir Tom Moore. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend. And we'll see you on Monday.